Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and welcome to your weekly forecast for the week of September 30th through October 6th. Uh, we have two planetary ingresses or planets changing sign this week with uh, Mercury moving into Scorpio and Mars losing some dignity, moving into its exile in Libra. Um, the other big news of the week is that one of the uh, outer planets, Pluto, is stationing direct. So we're going to be seeing some, some movement from the underworld, uh, possibly some things erupting from, from the depths. So get ready for that. Um, starting out with our Essential Dignities report this week, uh, the sun, of course, is still in the sign of Libra, which is its fall or its depression where it does not have uh, a lot of power. Uh, it, in fact, is debilitated uh, to some degree. Um, the sun is still in the first decan. I'm going to share my screen here. We'll just take a look, take a little tour. Okay. Um, we see that the sun's at about 77 degrees of Libra to start out the week, and we've got it hanging out with its host, um, Venus, and with Mercury. And they are moving through the, the later stages of Libra, or the second and third decan, respectively. Um, remember that first decan was associated with the Two of Swords and with Mott and sort of the, the judgment and entrance to a, maybe a new state of consciousness or into the underworld, weighing the heart against the feather. Um, all sorts of checks and balances happening in the world right now. Um, in America, we've got some Really interesting political stuff going on with our, our uh, El Presidente and uh, in possible impeachment proceedings and things like that. So we're seeing <clears throat> a, um, the wheels of justice starting to spin and you know all of these planets are coming into contact with the established hierarchy represented by Saturn and Pluto in the south node in the sign of Capricorn. Um, so there's there's a conflict right now between you know Lady Justice and the uh, the powers that be. So this is continuing this theme that, this week that we touched on a little bit last week. But now the things that have been brewing underneath the surface uh, in the underworld with Pluto here are going to be starting to erupt and become a little bit more visible and see the light of day. Um, so that's a little bit what, what's happening with the sun being in its fall and depression in Libra 1. Uh, Jupiter, of course, is still in the sign of Sagittarius, the archer, uh, in its own domicile, still a very strong Jupiter. It has triplicity in the nighttime hours. Um, it is the nighttime nocturnal triplicity ruler of the fire elemental signs, which include Sagittarius, Leo, and Aries. Um, we are also going to be seeing um, the sign of Saturn still in its home sign of Capricorn. It is now direct. It moved direct, uh, I think, last week or so. And we're starting to see the, the new structures that we're starting to build. Uh, remember, we looked at the Three of Pentacles in association with the second decan of Capricorn, where we were examining the blueprint. We're examining the how we're going to build the long-lasting longevity structures in our life, what needs to to decay and de decompose so that we can move to the next stages of our life story. Um, of course, it's going to be coming in contact with Pluto in the very early stages of 2020, that big Saturn-Pluto conjunction we've been hearing so much about, where that Saturn energy is going to get supercharged by, by that Plutonic um, intensification. So that's something that we're keeping our eyes on as well as astrologers and as a society at large is that connection between Saturn and Pluto, the, um, the lord of the underworld, Pluto, coming in contact with the, the god of limits, boundaries, with father time, uh, with decay. So this is something that we're really taking a, taking a hard look at as we prepare for that conjunction on roughly January 10th or 11th, 2020. Uh, Venus, Venus is still, Venus is kind of our strongest planet here, I would say. Um, it has uh, domicile rulership in the sign of Libra. It also, this week, is in its own bound as we move through the week uh, from 21 degrees to 28 degrees of Libra. 
um, Mercury, I'm sorry, Venus is going to be in its own terms or bound. So it gets to set the curriculum. So not only does it have access to all its own resources, being in its own home temple or home domicile, like kind of hanging out where it's very comfortable, uh, it also is getting to set its own rules and kind of say, hey, I want to, you know, do things in a very um, polite manner, in a way that is trying to encourage harmony, fairness, and balance. Good manners are really uh, supported with this Venus. Um, letting things come to you, creating win-win situations. Venus is all very supported in those types of endeavors when it's in its home sign of Libra and uh, doubly so when it's in its own bound. Uh, Mars, Mars is going through a shift this week. Mars is going to be moving through the last decan of Virgo for a few days where it is in its own bound. So Mars is sort of setting its own curriculum in the final degrees of Virgo. So it's a good time to kind of get some Mars stuff out of the way um, while you still can before Mars moves into its exile or its adversity, as we like to say in the Hellenistic uh, parlance uh, of our times, um, as the dude would say, or maybe Walter Solchek from The Big Lebowski. Uh, I've seen a preview for the, there's a new movie based on uh, Jesus Quintana, the other bowler in that. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, <laughs> John Turturro, um, an excellent character, actor. Um, yeah, Mars is going to be moving into his, uh, its adversity or its fall when it moves into Libra. And it loses a lot of dignity. It's actually very debilitated in that sign um, where a lot of the harmony that we're going to be trying to establish with Venus, the Sun, and Mercury is going to get a little bit of a challenge from, from Mars, like creating a severing quality, kind of an, almost an opposite energy to Venus. Venus is trying to bring things together. Mars wants to separate things. Um, Venus lets things come to her. Mars wants to take action and, and has a, you know, an ability to go try to get the things that it wants. Um, we'll talk about this when Venus moves into Scorpio, but when Venus is in a Mars world sign, the, the desire nature uh, becomes a little bit more prevalent where, where we see what we want, we kind of go after it rather than letting it come to us. And that can create some problems sometimes. So uh, get your Mars stuff uh, done out of the way in the beginning of the week. Continue to, to really refine the details. Um, this is really the last vestiges of the the Virgo season where we are eliminating what needs to go and, you know, being able to really examine the, the fine details of things before we're going to have this giant stellium here in, in Libra. Um, we're really kind of in the heart of Libra season here. Okay, Mercury is going to be still in Libra. Libra 3 which is associated with the card, the Four of Swords. We didn't really explore that very much, but I'll just show you real quick. Four of Swords has a figure that is lying uh, in a restful position, perhaps on a, a coffin or a casket of some sort with a um, stained glass window above them. This is kind of, this card was associated with the rest after the strife of the Three of Swords, which we see here where we have all these swords piercing a heart where we have some potentially some conflict or some heartbreak. And maybe this is the recovery phase after some of the, the real challenges that we've been going through in the middle decades of Libra. So with our mercurial energy, our thoughts, our energy, our, our intellect, we may be trying to take a little break from some conflict when it passes through the third decan of Libra. As far as the dignities go, the triplicity ruler of the nighttime for air signs is Mercury. So Mercury has a little bit of dignity in the sign of Libra before it moves into the water sign, the fixed water sign of Scorpio, where it does not have any dignity. It is peregrine. Um, peregrine is a condition where it was said to be a wanderer, where it doesn't have any essential dignity, and that's a pretty poor condition for a planet. So our ability to communicate uh, in a fair and just and objective manner is going to be supported for the first few days of the week um, with Mercury and Libra, but then our communications may get a little bit more emotionally colored as we move through the week. 
Um, we may really start to get a little bit fixed in our position. We may start to freeze a little bit. Um, I like to think of the, um, you know, the water of Scorpio as like ice, but with like a churning underneath. You know how the first layer of ice sort of freezes, but then there's still movement underneath. Uh, that's kind of what we see with fixed water. Um, but yeah, there may be some intensity bubbling underneath the surface. Uh, like, I don't know, kind of like those underwater volcanoes, right? Um, so just recognize that our communications are going to get a little bit more cunning, a little bit more clandestine, uh, maybe a little bit more difficult to come to some sort of equilibrium in our conversations after Mercury moves into Scorpio. Um, so, you know, get your, get your mercurial things out of the way in the beginning of the week. Uh, as far as the moon goes this week, it's a little bit of a difficult moon week. Um, we're going to be seeing the moon move through Scorpio uh, in the beginning of the week, which is its fall or depression. Um, so we may be tending to brood on our emotions. We may be seeing some difficulty with nurturing. We may have a, a desire, a strong desire to be nurtured. It's one of the things we're going to discuss when we talk about the Five of Cups and, and Scorpio One, um, where there's a very strong desire nature. And, you know, of course, Mars is a, uh, Scorpio is a Mars ruled sign. Um, so we're going to be actively pursuing uh, some of the things that we desire. Uh, and with the moon in Scorpio, we may get a little bit aggressive with trying to either nurture others or, or trying to find the comfort that we desire for ourselves. Um, we tend to hang on to old emotions and instead of letting them pass through, which is kind of a healthier way of dealing with our feelings. And we may tend to, you know, start to feel a little down. Maybe there's a little bit of a depression or a little bit of a anxiety associated with that. So that's the beginning of our week. Um, when the moon moves into Sagittarius, it does have dignity by face in the second decan of Sagittarius, degrees 10 through 20. So a small improvement when it moves into Sagittarius. When the moon moves into uh, Capricorn towards the end of the week, it will be in its exile. Um, it does have triplicity rulership by the nighttime, um, but it's still not a very comfortable place for the moon. Um, the moon is in the domicile of Saturn, and Saturn was said to be the Lord of Darkness. So when one of the lights is in the temple of the Lord of Darkness, it's sort of, you know, kind of got an antithesis to its essential nature. The moon and the sun were life-giving. They were bringing things into form and into being. Saturn was the planet that was, you know, represented endings so it's kind of um, a strange dichotomy and an uncomfortable place for those two lights the sun and the moon to be in when they're in saturn ruled signs um, so that's something that we're going to be looking at um, towards the end of the week all right the beginning of the day on monday that's our essential dignity report um, we're going to be seeing a square in the very beginning of the day Actually, on Monday here, this is Tuesday. On Monday, the one aspect that we have before we get to our busy, busy Tuesday, we got busy Tuesday. We have a fairly, not a chill Monday, <laughs> but a fairly, um, a Monday that's devoid of, of a ton of aspects. But we do have this opposition between the moon and Uranus. So we're going to be seeing, uh, we're, we're at the very tail end of the new moon phase that we initiated at the Libra new moon um, on Saturday. And we're going to be, you know, we've gotten the divine assignment. We've gotten the new impulses. We've gotten the, the new Libran energy from wherever that falls in our chart. Um, in this particular chart, it falls in the first house. So if you are a Libra rising, you may get a new uh, karmic assignment in, in, in regards to your own body, your own personality, your own, you know, you, your, everything that makes up you. Uh, if it was in the seventh house, it might be related to somebody else and, and the other in your life, right? That divine assignment may come through partnership. Um, so we're kind of still kind of recognizing and feeling those impulses through Monday. And as the moon moves through Scorpio, it's going to be hitting against that retrograde Uranus in the sign of Taurus. And, you know, Uranus, uh, if we reference um, one of the modern authorities of outer planets, Mr. Richard Tarnas in his book, Cosmos and Psyche, a very good book, 
uh, Uranus was associated with the Promethean god. Okay, like he he was using the archetype of Prometheus, who was kind of a the rebel, the firebringer, um, the the genius who who did things in a very unique and innovative way. Um, a little bit different than the archetypal. I believe it's pronounced Uranus, which is the father of Saturn, which I think um, he's most famous for uh, being castrated um, by his son, Saturn. So I don't know how much symbolism we can pull from that, uh, but we get much more of a um, Uranian quality from the observation of the cycles from from Prometheus. Um, So think about this at the beginning of this week. Um, what needs to change in your life? How can you do something in an innovative way? There may be a conflict between your your impulses and and your need to make some pretty important changes in your life, especially in the Taurus ruled area of your chart. Um, you may feel some conflict between two areas of your life, like say this is your second and eighth house. You may really need to reinvent the way that you share your resources with your partner or the way that you take care of other people. And you may feel some conflict with the way that you make your own money. Uh, if it's in the 10th and the 4th house, you may f- find some, some real conflicting energy between uh, your domestic energies represented by the 4th house and your, your public life represented by the 10th. Or between your parents. This could be your father down here and your mother up here, according to the, uh, the Hellenistic tradition. Um, so just think about how we're going to balance opposites on Monday in particular. And this is great work for Libra to do because Libra loves to balance things out. So we're going to be, we've got our work cut out for us. That is for sure. Moving into Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, the beginning of October, October 1st, um, the moon is going to be moving into the crescent phase. All right. So see if I can get my, oops, get my screen to pop back up here. Okay, the moon moves into a crescent phase where it's, uh, it's going to be roughly 45 degrees ahead of the sun. It's not quite here yet in this particular chart, but trust me, throughout the day, we'll start to see that phase, which is the, the phase where we're trying to overcome the inertia of the new cycle, where we're trying to get our butts up off the couch. We're getting the steam engine rolling, where it's, let's say we're a, a sleeping bowl underneath a, a flowering tree and we don't want to move, but we've got to really just pick up the our tonnage and get rolling okay and that, that's, that's sort of the crescent moon phase where we're really starting to just mobilize the resources we need to um to really work through whatever has come up as as that needs to be taken care of whether through our own desire through what's been shown to us through other people um this libra new moon probably had something to do with the others in your life or somebody else or partnering or trying to find balance or trying to find harmony with somebody else. Um, it may not completely be all about you unless you are a Libra ascendant and then it may be more prevalent in your own life. But um, generally we're going to have to work through uh, some kind of partnership issue throughout this, this moon cycle. Um, on this particular day, what we're going to be seeing is a square between Our Lady Venus and the planet Pluto, okay? And also what's happening is Pluto is, is slowing way down. It's about to station. Station's direct on Thursday, but it's not quite direct yet. But we're still going to have a square, which may give us some of the information that we need to move forward with the the death and rebirth and transformation that we need to really start enacting in the skeletal structures of our life. Capricorn was rules the skeletal structure and the bones and the knees, the things that support us and move us forward in life. And with Pluto sitting there, we're, ha- we're being asked to really, um, you know, ferret out all the inefficiencies and to shine light on all the the sludge that's built up over time. I mean, think about a drain that's slowly collected uh, hair and crap and garbage, and sometimes it gets plugged up. And uh, we need to, you know, roto-rooter the thing out. And with this particular square here between Venus and Pluto, we may find that something in our relationship has become rotten, 
or just some of our relationships in general. It doesn't necessarily have to be our primary relationship. It could be, you know, relationships with all sorts of different people in our life. But something has, something's starting to stink. And we need to figure out, we need to call the plumber. We need to call the universal spiritual plumber and figure out what is gunking things up in the gears. Of course, this aspect is associated with all types of underworld goddesses. If we have uh, women represented by Venus and the underworld represented by Pluto or Hades, we can have combinations of those things like Persephone, the uh, underworld goddess that was abducted forcefully by Hades into the underworld and returned six months out of the year after a deal was brokered um, with uh, Demeter and Hades. And this was one of the ancient Greeks' way of describing the seasons. And when Demeter went into mourning, when Persephone went under uh, underground, um, she brought death onto the world and would not support the um, crops to grow. Uh, there are also other types of goddesses associated with this combination, including Kali, who was a, a destructive goddess um, in the Indian tradition. We also have uh, the goddess Pele, which is the volcanic goddess in the, the um, Polynesian tradition. Um, you know, some of the qualities associated with this combination, obsessions, um, jealousy, the shadow side of beauty. Um, this is where we may see, you know, the combination of aesthetics and the dirty underworld quality. So we may see like some, you know, I don't know, a, the dirty jokes, the <clears throat> scatological humor, you know. Um, sometimes we see uh, the power or the manipulative power of love, especially with the square here. So be careful not to get into too many power games. Um, if you feel like you've been wronged or if there's been an injustice in your life, especially in your relationships, if some kind of agreement has been breached, um, it's going to be important to try to, I would say, do your best to, to fight fair. We may also see this in the news um, where we, we're seeing the, uh, the wheels of justice starting to spin in our legal system. And uh, a lot of the corruption that is prevalent in the hierarchical structures of, our, of all of our governmental systems and all of our you know, things that bind us together, the skeletal structures of our life is being kind of uh, shown a light on and being asked to, to be reformed and to be transformed and to be, uh, you know, rooted out. We, we need to call the, um, <laughs> the, the, the plumber for our governmental systems as well to get rid of the, the clogs in the system, I guess. Um, so you may see that coming up in the news this week too, as, especially when we see these, these squares. Uh, last week we had the square between Mercury and Pluto, and now Venus is going to take its turn, and eventually the Sun and Mars will take its turn squaring Pluto. So all of those archetypal energies are going to be, you know, making that difficult aspect to the, the Lord of the Underworld. Um, this, of course, will have implications for you as an individual as well, and what you should do is maybe take a look at your natal chart or call your friendly local astrologer, like me or whoever you trust, and if you, if you can't do this for yourself, which is okay, this is a complicated system, and look at the, the two houses that are represented by Libra and Capricorn, and you may have some a uh, little bit of challenges between those areas of your life. So, for example, your, the way that you express yourself in this particular chart and your domestic situation, the way you create roots and uh, the way you find a sense of home may come into conflict. Um, this could be a conflict with you and your father, if this was your chart too, or, or archetypal father energy represented by the fourth house in the traditional system. Um, so just think about the different areas of life that where these are playing out and just pay extra attention to those and try to do the work that you need to do to, to root out anything that is, um, you know, clogging up the gears. Okay, so that is the Venus-Pluto square that's going to happen very early in the morning on Tuesday. So really, we're going to feel the lead up to this on Monday as well. We may feel this energy really like building Monday, and then we start to kind of get over the hump of it uh, as we move through Tuesday. 
the sun is also, um, the moon is also going to be making a sextile to Saturn very early in the morning um, from 14 degrees Scorpio to 14 degrees Capricorn. Um, it's going to maybe trigger some of the, the structural elements that we're trying to, to redefine. Uh, in the very, uh, the later morning, the, sun, the moon is going to be, I like to say the sun here, the moon is going to be sextiling uh, a retrograde Neptune at 16 degrees of Scorpio and Pisces. So this may really start to, you know, activate some of our more idealistic qualities maybe the illusion or the delusion. Um, it is a trine, so those two energies are working together a little bit better. So our intuition will probably be heightened with this, and uh, we may kind of start to see what direction we need to head into and which, which way we need to kind of either merge with the universal consciousness. Um, you know, I was doing a little bit of research for this video and reading some of Rich, Richard Tarnas's thoughts on the outer planets. I find that he is one of the, he and Liz Green are some of the two best resources really for outer planet stuff if you want to blend a little bit of modern astrology with your traditional astrology and neptune associated with uh you know the dream the uh transcendence with um an oceanic uh sea of consciousness where boundaries are really dissolved so we may be seeing a little bit of dissolving of our, of our intuitive and emotional boundaries throughout the early morning stages of tuesday we may really need to find compassion for, for some of the folks in our life, especially as we're going through these difficult squares. Uh, the moon will make a sextile to Pluto at 3.44 p.m. Um, so again, we're going to be seeing an activation of that, that Pluto energy. I like to think of the moon as that, uh, that cylinder in the music box that has little tines on it that is activating all these planets. So um, a little bit of support from the moon. Even though the moon's not in great shape, we're going to see a, a trine and a sextile, which are generally supportive aspects of the nature of Venus and Jupiter, um, to Pluto on the same day that we're seeing the, the square from Venus. So, you know, let whatever uh, needs to change wash over you. Maybe shed a few tears if you need to, and then get down to business. Get down to the business of, of, of being reborn. Um, let what needs to die die and allow that phoenix to rise again like the firebird one of the images i like with pluto is the volcano the great thing about the volcano is that after the explosion and after the eruption after the destruction uh, that soil becomes very fertile this is how we got these beautiful tropical islands like hawaii right is from the ex the explosions and destruction of a volcano and then the the life that comes after it. And I think that's a really good thing to keep in mind if you're seeing things just kind of hitting the fan this week is that it will be um, provide the fertile ground for further growth, future growth. Um, we do have to mourn a little bit, but uh, ultimately it's, it was a necessary change for the next, I guess, evolution of, of our life or of our story, the next chapter. Um, yeah. So, Wednesday, the second. Let's take a look at Wednesday. Wednesday. <sighs> Hold on. I don't know why it won't let me do that. Sorry, technical difficulties. Close those. All right. Sharing my screen. On Wednesday, October 2nd. On Wednesday, October 2nd, uh, we are going to be seeing a sextile from the moon to Mars. The moon is going to be moving into the sign of Sagittarius. Uh, but before that happens, you can see here, we've got this nice little supportive aspect from Mars to the moon. Okay. So we may be able to take some actions, some, some supported actions through finalizing some of the details that we've been working through over the course of the beginning of fall and the end of summer. Um, we're going to kind of be putting the final touches on some of those details as we move, you know, with the Mars starting to change signs and, and uh, the moon moving into Sagittarius throughout the course of the day here. 
that crescent phase that we're talking about, right? This is the time to just say, okay, I've, like I've, I've gotten the assignment. What do I need to do? What, what kind of notes do I need to take? What kind of plan do I need to make? Uh, who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to call? Um, I've gotten the divine assignment. How do I manifest this into the world of form by the full moon, which is coming up in a week or so after this? Okay. All right. So on Thursday, Thursday, uh, we are seeing the big news of the day on Thursday is Pluto stationing direct. Okay. There we go. So you can see Pluto now. In, in my particular program, Astral Gold, the retrogrades in this version are represented by red numbers. Well, now you see that the numbers for Pluto at 20 degrees are in the black. So, yes, Pluto stationing direct. What does that mean? Well, it means that from our vantage point here, it is going in zodiacal order again, uh, which is the secondary motion. Instead of in the primary direction, uh, it's more in the world of form represented by the moon rather than the divine realm which is represented by the sun and that was how we thought of solar direction primary direction right so we may actually start to see some of the forms of our pluto work coming to the surface being revealed uh this is when the slumbering volcano erupts this is all the stuff that's been bubbling underneath the surface coming up to the surface to be dealt with. Um, this is when, you know, that drain that you've been ignoring, the slow drain, finally plugs up and you've got a big flood in your basement or you have a flood in the tub or the sink and you just finally have to take care of it and call that plumber and figure out how to make it work again. And in the Capricorn area of your life, uh, this may be coming to a head. Uh, you may really need to just really, you know, come to terms with the reality of your situation this isn't a time for blind idealism this is a time to get down to business and really be don't be afraid to deal with the seedy underbelly of your life i mean a lot of the times we want to gloss over and ignore problematic areas of our life and this is a time where we really can't do that anymore and we really shouldn't be doing that ever but sometimes we get overwhelmed with the the scope of things and we you know, put things on the back burner. So there may be some back burnered things that are starting to come forward uh, starting as soon as, as Thursday, uh, October 3rd. Um, at 20 degrees of Capricorn, we're seeing the, the Deccan associated with the Four of Pentacles, you can see here, and you've got a figure that's holding very tightly onto four pentacles or four coins. He's sitting on his throne of power. And this is an attachment to material reality. So there may be some material resource questions that come up where maybe you're holding a little bit too tightly onto uh, something that you feel entitled to. And even though there may be an enormous amount of corruption associated with that. And it's time now to really take an honest look at your material resources, at the structures that are supporting your life, and to come to terms with any broken pieces any uh, lies that we've been telling to ourselves or to others and really start to deal with it and face the consequences of our actions and, and start to really find the liberation that we need from that through um, burning away the, the corruption and the, the, the false ideas. And Pluto is, is going to assist in that. It's not going to be a kind teacher necessarily. It's not going to be fun. Um, but you'll be better off for it. And so we're going to be seeing kind of um, that death and rebirth intensification happening in the Capricorn ruled area of your chart. So take a look at the house that's ruled by Capricorn. Yes, there is a, a, a conflict happening between the Libra ruled area of your chart, but there is a way to, to figure it out. I like squares for the reason that they are the friction. They are the rubber that meets the road. Um, when we have aspects that are too easy, sometimes 
you know, that doesn't necessarily always promote growth. Uh, growth is sometimes happens through the challenging circumstances. As human beings, we get comfortable. The trines and the sextiles can be comfortable. The squares and the oppositions are the bring us enough discomfort to actually make the change that we need to make. And that may be what we're experiencing this week with those two areas of our life. All right. Um, the moon is going to be sextiling the sun uh, at nine degrees of Sagittarius to Libra. Um, so that's a, a positive, one of the positive aspects very early in the day. In the very wee hours of the morning, we see one of our planetary ingresses of the week. And of course, ingress is a fancy word for a planet changing signs or traveling from one temple to another. And Mercury was hanging out in Venus's temple of Libra, right? This is her house. And she is now moving. He or she or they is moving now into Mars's house, okay, of Scorpio, the nocturnal temple or abode of Mars. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's a very different place. Uh, if uh, Libra's temple, if Venus's temple was very lush and lavish and concerned with justice and harmony and fairness and intellectual, um, had an intellectual bent to it, maybe it was a very beautiful place with perfection of form, um, lots of communication and, and socialization, lots of lavish parties and things like that. Well, Scorpio <laughs> is a different temple. Mars's house is is a warrior, is a protector, is a, a severing, separating quality. It wants to um, take action. There may be uh, we may be preparing for battle with uh, in in Scorpio's house or Mars's house. Um, so Mercury is going to take on a little bit of a different quality. Um, one of the things that Robert Schmidt says in his uh, lectures about Hellenistic astrology is that the host of the temple, in this case Mars, is offering up significations to whatever planet is staying within that temple, in this case Mercury. So we have to look at the quality of the planet that's moving through the temple and the quality of the planet that is its host. So Mars, what is the significations of Mars? Well, sometimes Mars in the Hellenistic tradition represented siblings, interestingly enough. Um, so if Mercury, which had a destabilizing quality, this could potentially destabilize a relationship with a sibling. Um, Mars also represented battle and war. So this could maybe destabilize or contest. Mar Mercury wants to contest, uh, you know, issues of war. Maybe there's more discussions or communications about a battle that are happening, right? Um, Whereas, you know, Mercury was possibly destabilizing our relationships when in the house of Venus. Um, so that's another interesting way to think about how the planets interact with one another. Um, that's something I've been kind of playing with since I've learned that from, from uh, Project Hindsight. And uh, I think that the other, some other qualities, just some basic qualities, cunning intelligence, uh, the power of concentration, the detective mind, um, where we're trying to really, you know, look and probe for the seedy underbelly of, of what we're working with. And this is working really well with the Pluto energy too. Um, we may have a little bit more of a, oh, I don't know, interest in uncovering secrets and revealing things that have been hidden um, with Mercury in a nocturnal sign like this. Um, so, so look for those themes to come up. Uh, this also can increase our, our emotionality and the emotional coloring to our thinking. I want to show you the card that's associated with the first decan of Scorpio. And this is the five of cups. I don't know if you could see it on my little screen here. I'll stop my share for a minute and talk about that. So you can see here, we have a figure, a cloaked figure in black, a secretive figure, sort of, who is staring mournfully or contemplative, contemplatively at three spilled cups, not realizing that there are two cups that are still filled behind him. And if he would shift his perspective, he would realize that those two cups 
are on the path that would lead to the bridge over the river or the stream to the castle of fulfillment. So one of the things that is discussed in this Deccan is uh, Austin Coppett calls it the jawbone, which is desire. And we may be experiencing uh, a hunger, right? This is where we are. Mars wants things. It wants to go get things. It wants to be direct with things. And when Mercury is there, we may communicate some of those desires, but we may be mourning the loss of some things. And we need to kind of shift that perspective and maybe start to appreciate and find gratitude for what we still have. Um, and that may be the way to attain our goals um, and fulfillment. Uh, but there may be an acute sense of loss too, and we may be starting to fixate on some of those losses. It's okay to mourn a loss. That's part of the cycle. Uh, it, you don't want to get lost in that phase of it, right? You want to kind of go through that cycle, go through those emotions, be able to feel those emotions, and then let them go, right? Emotions are here to come and go. They're not here to be fixed in their, uh, you know, in our bodies. If we get too fixated in emotions, that can create um, inflammation and tension. And, you know, think of if you're really angry, your fist balls up, right? And that can create all sorts of health problems too. Um, so try not to to get fixated on, on things you may have lost or things you feel are due to you because uh, that can create some problems. The other thing that we're going to be experiencing is Mercury is going to be starting to move into an opposition with Uranus as it moves signs here. So the Mercury ruled areas of our chart, if you take a look at Virgo and the Gemini ruled areas, may be starting to feel a little bit of tension here. When, it, when they're running up against Uranus, we may really need to find an innovative way to communicate, to do business, commerce, um, to uh, reskill ourselves in a, a little bit of a different way. And some of our communications may take on this unexpected quality too. So uh, recognize that there's a little bit of tension between the winged messenger and the Promethean firebringer over the course of the week as well. All right, through the end of the day, on when Thursday, we're talking about Thursday here, we're going to see the moon making a square to Neptune. Here we go. And let's see, my program is acting funny today. Sorry for the delays here. It just doesn't want to let me click over. There we go. Uh, so... We're going to see a square from the moon to a retrograde Neptune around 1.15 in the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time. Um, again, that is really the, you know, the two Jupiter-ruled Jupiter signs um, where we're trying to really, you know, grow and create abundance, but trying to figure out how that fits in with our idealism, with the illusion, not maybe growing too much too soon, not getting lost in our uh, our wishful thinking, that can be one of the challenges when we get a square from this. Um, and then later on in the day, we're going to see a conjunction of the moon to, to Jupiter. So triggering some of these, you know, more positive forward moving types of things. After we've kind of done some of the hard work with that Venus-Pluto square, when Pluto started to move forward, uh, we may get a little bit of a sense of relief, I would think, with the the moon conjoining Jupiter, and maybe maybe even a uh, a return of some potentially some optimism, uh, because we, we may have felt a real heavy weight at the beginning of the week uh, as we're waiting for this you know this outer planet, this very slow moving planet to move forward again, um, and that can feel really heavy. I mean, one of the things that's happening, actually, this is one of the things I wanted to discuss too, on Thursday. October 3rd, there, there is a, a release date, I believe, for a new movie in the cinema called The Joker, or just Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. And it's um, from the look of the previews, it looks pretty dark. It looks pretty much like a uh, pretty unapologetic look at and reflection on uh, an outsider being beaten down by a, a maybe a cold, hard society. And that leading to violence and that leading to 
madness and mental instability. And I have a feeling that this, this movie is going to touch a nerve uh, in our collective consciousness because I think a, a lot of people are starting to feel disenfranchised. A lot of people are starting to feel like outcasts and outsiders. And my hope, I guess my hope and my fear, um, my hope is that, that we'll be able to navigate those emotions peacefully. My fear is that, that this will trigger um, an underlying nerve with people and we, we see more of an uprising of you know, people who are you know, copycatting some of the violence. I, I hope that's not the case. This, I think it's a very real possibility. Um, so I would say just kind of, you know, I, I'm, I don't know if you feel disenfranchised, uh, maybe I'll speak directly to you. Um, there's a difference between the illusion that comes through the movies and the reality of your life. And there are two paths you can choose if you feel that way. One is to, you know, act out. I would think that the other path is to maybe try to find a way to connect with the people that you are feeling ostracized from. Um, there's always an opportunity for a spiritual reaching out. Um, I think that when we feel disenfranchised from a society and from each other, a lot of times what we're really feeling is a disconnection from the universal whole and the divine. And I think you can reach out for more of a universal consciousness, a spiritual consciousness. And I think that that's the ultimate unification is that, that spirituality. Um, so that's my hope. That's my hope is that as a society, we can, you know, have a movie like that, maybe trigger some of our uncomfortable feelings, but also try to find solutions that may be um, a little bit more in alignment with, you know, a way where we can keep functioning as a society. Uh, this is, you know, this is one of the things that's seductive about the character of the, of the Joker, I guess, is the, um, he was an agent of chaos. And on some level, you know, when we live in an oppressive society, chaos can be, can feel like the only answer. And I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line really. And I think that, um, I would just hope that those of you out there who resonate with this film will take actions that are, uh, in alignment with trying to improve your society. When we, I think that one of the, the things that we're being asked with Pluto is if we see the corruption and it gets thrown in our face, what do you, what do you choose to do with it? Are you going to choose to, uh, add to it or are you going to choose to be an agent of change are you going to be the eagle who is transcending and rising above it or are you going to get lost in the the sludge and the sewage you're going to be that firebird that is reborn and through the flames and allows new life to take place and something to meditate on this week because i, re I really have a just watching the preview, I can, you know, I think that all of us have some area of our life where we feel um, a little bit disenfranchised, where we feel a little bit um, like the outsider and the outcast. I know just being an astrologer in general and someone who t speaks about this automatically, you know, that's going to place, you know, us or as astrologers in a place of, you know, being a little bit different. And uh, I can relate to those feelings sometimes. I think, though, you do have a choice, and I'm encouraging those of you to reach out, reach out for help, and reach out for the people that uh, you can trust, and, you know, I think that there's support out there if you need it, and I hope that, that those of you will reach out for the help that is, is out there for you. All right, moving along. All right. Heavy stuff. This is a heavy week. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. There's a lot going on in life. I'm sure that all of you have been feeling the weight of that. I know I have. And uh, I think that 
we just have to be, I think in those times, it's really important for us to be as more, more unified. You know, we've got all sorts of corruption being thrown in our face in the, in the news, you know, possibly in our personal lives. And that's when we really need to reach out. This is what Libra season I think is all about. It's really telling you that you don't have to do it alone, that you don't have to be an island. You don't have to feel isolated, that there can be a community out there for you. That's the humility that comes from asking for help and possibly finding a, a fair and equitable and peaceful solution to some of the challenges that we're experiencing. All right, moving on to Friday. Okay, on Friday, Friday, October 4th, now we see another planetary ingress. And this planetary ingress is Mars into Libra. Another challenging, another challenging ingress. Mars loses dignity and goes into its exile, or also called its adversity, in the sign of Libra. Um, because now Mars is in Venus's temple in Venus's domicile, not comfortable. This is like bringing the, uh, the barbarian or the warrior into the, uh, I don't know, the artist's home. It, it may not completely end well, right? Like uh, the manners that are required at Venus's temple are not, do not come natural to Mars. Mars wants to just go directly for what it wants and, and doesn't want to have to think about the other person's perspective and, and, this may be a destabilizing force in our relationships with bringing a severing, separating quality to our relationships. And some of the conflict may be seen through, you know, Mars being required to take on another person's perspective. Um, it may lead to a little bit of indecision. This is a Mars that uh, I know a lot of folks that I've read for in Italy who have this Mars, they tend to weigh both sides of things sometimes. Um, and that can lead to a, a little bit of paralysis by analysis before they take the actions that they need to take. Um, so a little bit of a difficult Mars. The other thing that this could manifest is, is it some anger at injustice uh, where, you know, Mars gets really, really fired up when it sees something that isn't fair. Just be careful though, because the, the, the danger of this and this is something that was mentioned in, I think, uh, again, in, in the 36 Faces book, is this Mars can uh, tend to commit further injustices when uh, it's trying to rectify what it perceives as some sort of inequality. Um, so I would say that the end does not justify, or the means, yeah, the end does not justify the means with this Mars, and that we can have some problems with that where we're, you know, kind of digging the hole a little bit deeper when we're trying to fix something. So be careful of those impulses with this Mars in particular. Um, this Mars is going to start to square Saturn and Pluto by whole sign. So now Mars is going to start taking its turn in that, in that planetary conflict. Okay. Through Friday, we're going to see a sextile from the moon to Venus at 24 degrees of Sagittarius and Libra. In the very early hours of the morning. Um, by the afternoon, there's going to be a square between the moon and Mars. So we're going to kind of start to see some of the themes that are going to come up. This is, this is going to be the trigger, the trigger point, right? Uh, when we see that the moon and Mars starting to square off, um, you know, again, those themes of fairness and the, and the structures of our life. Uh, and then towards the evening, we're going to see uh, a sextile between the moon and Mercury, okay, um, with Scorpio and Capricorn. As we move into Saturday, what we're going to be experiencing is the first quarter phase of the moon. You can see as the moon moves into about 11 degrees or so of Capricorn, it is going to be making it square with the sun. And the first quarter moon phase was said to be sort of a, a crisis point. This is a point where we've gotten a new impulse from the new moon. We've started to mobilize our resources, but now we have to kind of manifest that into form. And we may come up against some challenges that need to be worked through as we're, we're trying to, to bring things into existence and into being. So there may be a little bit of frustration 
that, that is happening from what you started on the new moon on Saturday and, and through the beginning of the week. Um, but that's okay. This is, this is part of the process. The moon loses a little bit of dignity in the sign of Capricorn. Um, it's in its, in its exile. So it's whenever, like I said, when the moon is in the sign of Saturn, it's not natural. It's not natural to do nurturing things for the moon when it's in uh, a very cold, dry, hard uh, Saturn sign. Okay, um, it does have tri triplicity dignity by the evening, so it it may be you may be able to get some communal support um, if you're using lunar stuff in the in the evening hours. We're also having a trine from the moon to a retrograde Uranus um, very early in the morning on Saturday. Um, so you you may maybe dreaming of some new innovative possibilities in your life, and then towards the afternoon, the moon's going to make a conjunction with Saturn. This is probably setting up a pretty heavy, heavy weekend where we're dealing with kind of the, you know, really trying to create some sort of compromise between all of our Libra placements and our and our Saturn placements and our Capricorn placements, um, where we may feel the heavy heaviness of emotion. And really a need to restructure and get down to business on Saturn's day, which is Saturday. I like to take Saturdays to kind of get down to business and do what needs to be done and Saturn up, so to speak. And I do all the tasks that I don't really want to do, but I have to do. And that's really, I think, the essence of Saturn. Um, towards the later hours on Saturday, we have a sextile between the moon and retrograde Neptune. So again, maybe if you've done the hard work of the day, maybe you can relax with a movie in the evening or something like that. Neptune was also associated with the cinema and, and you know, fantasy, uh, so that maybe you, you give yourself a little reward at the end of the day. On Sunday, the moon's going to conjoin Pluto in the sign of Capricorn very early in the morning at 20 degrees, and then square Venus in the evening at 27 degrees. So kind of wrapping, wrapping up and putting a bow on the weekend is uh, some intensity, um, triggering that intense purge, I guess, uh, with the moon conjoining Pluto, and then, you know, really asking us to examine, um, you know, how we're creating equality and harmony through Venus. And then towards the end of the evening, the moon's going to move into Aquarius and out of its fall, but very, very late in the day, like 1140 or something like that in the PM. And that's going to be setting us up for the next week. Um, so just to wrap this week up, kind of a heavy week, lots of squares going on, Pluto going direct, um, a need to really, you know, re-examine all the, the underbelly, uh, the underbelly and the corruption that may have seeped into our life and really commit to, to fixing it, exposing it to the light, uh, letting it change us and, and create a rebirth in our life. Um, and also just a, a little bit of a shift in our, you know, ability to reason with Mercury moving into Scorpio and the way that we take action. We may feel a, a decided lack of energy too with Mars in Libra. Um, this isn't the greatest time for us to feel at our most athletic. We may feel just like sitting on the couch and reading a book. I, I know I'm, I'm already starting to get those fall impulses where I'm like, oh, it's rainy and cold and think what I want to do is just read a book today. <laughs> but um, so, you know, you're allowed a little bit of that. So I'll give you my astrologer's permission. Looking ahead to next week of the week of the 7th and 13th, we're going to have an opposition between Mercury and Uranus perfecting on the 7th. Um, the sun is going to square Saturn, which may bring some challenges to uh, the way that we're expressing ourselves and, and coming across uh, maybe some of the authority figures in our life. Venus is going to be moving into her um, exile in the sign of, of Scorpio, so we'll talk about that. Venus is making her opposition to Uranus, and then that's going to be leading up to a full moon in the sign of Aries on the 13th. Um, yeah, and that full moon is going to be squared Pluto, where it's at right now. So a little T-square full moon action happening. But anyway, I hope you all have a good week. I hope that you all will be gentle with one another and try to manifest your higher self, even though you may be getting bogged down in some of the lower nature stuff. Just remember, like you can, you can shine the light on that to, to, to move forward in your life. And I, and I hope that you'll reach out if, you, if you're feeling too overwhelmed.
feel free to leave a comment in the comment section. Um, if you have something that's overwhelming you, I'd be happy to spend a few minutes and, and maybe give you some advice if you need it. If you're feeling like there's nowhere else to turn, like, I'd be happy to answer a question for you. Um, as always, please like and share and subscribe to the video. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a great week ahead. And I will talk to you all soon. Take it easy, okay? Bye-bye.